Hello, everyone. This is JJ from Keyword Crypto. This is the second part of an interview that we did with Daniel Krawitz. Daniel Krawitz is a software engineer and a YouTuber. He's the creator of the show Bitcoin Stuff that you should check out. Please take a listen to the last episode that we published. That will be the part one with Daniel Krawitz. That way you'll know what we're talking about. The beginning of this show is a little bit awkward because Daniel is giving us an answer to a question that we don't particularly believe but we're trying to be respectful, and that's why you're going to hear some kind of dead air and silence and just awkward conversation for a bit. But it does pick up, and a lot of ideas start to flow, so it's uh, just stick around for a little bit. As usual, please support the show. Please visit our website at www.keyword-crypto.com. That's keyword-crypto. Follow us on Twitter at, at @keywordcrypto, and yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks a lot, and enjoy the show. Did you go on the record saying whether you believe Craig Wright is Satoshi or not? Uh, no, but I believe he is. Man, he must be making a very creative decision to talk the way he's talking right now. It just seems like an odd song and dance for him to do. Yeah, I, I guess my question for you is that since he he created a system that... I don't like. He created a system and then he wrote a white paper for it. And then he's doing something with SV that seems to be completely contradictory to that white paper. And I know people change over time, but what... It, involving courts, involving courts, invo making a legal version of Bitcoin. And maybe, maybe that's just something that is being put out there so it appeases some people. I mean, that's what I'm assuming. The okay, how is it? What well, is you no? Know, because like the, the original white paper is all about you know being an, an antithesis for the banks, a, a currency that doesn't need regulation, that doesn't need bankers, that doesn't need third party members for people to to transact, and an SV is all about being adopted by governments and being government you know uh, approved and and. Are we wrong? Oh, okay. Well, so what the white paper says is a purely peer-to-peer -peer version of electronic cash would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial yeah. institution. So, um, so right right now you need well in the dollar economy you need a central third party to transmit money. Um, but with, with Bitcoin, you have a network that no single party controls. So that's, that's, that's not the same thing as being illegal or anti-bank. I mean, isn't the whole purpose of a bank is to create kind of like what Liquid is doing with Blockstream, is create a way to make money by forcing people not to use the chain as it was originally intended. That's how they make their money, is by transferring funds back and forth and taking a cut every single time, and never truly putting it on the main chain. Uh, well, uh, there, there are other things that banks can do. So a bank can... Uh, can keep your money safe uh, without doing anything else with it for for a fee, for example. Um, and uh, and when when you send um, crypto or dollars to an exchange when you do your trading, they're they're acting uh, like a bank. They're, they're sad because that you have uh, you have money on on account with them that um, uh, that you use for trading. So um, uh, the the fact that Bitcoin exists does not mean that there won't be any more banks, but uh, it it means that the 
the activity of the bank is going to be um, more more limited because we don't we don't need the bank to be a third party all the time. That that's interesting. Yeah. So if if Craig is Satoshi, then and he creates SV, isn't it coming up against the same Byzantine issue that the first two did? How so? Or has he solved the problem that Bitcoin hasn't been able to solve with liquid, with a Lightning Network? Well, uh, Bitcoin is the solution to the problem that uh, Blockstream hasn't been able to solve. And uh, BSV is simply... Uh, simply Bitcoin, where we're we're trying to have big blocks that are full of lots of information. So we're we're just we're actually trying to grow the economy. That's that's all it is. It's just the the original rules of Bitcoin plus a lot of people who are actually trying to grow the economy. Okay, I'm confused, and so and, and maybe it's because I took a leap. I, maybe I took a step when I shouldn't have, but you said Bitcoin was a scam. Are you saying the current form of Bitcoin under Blockstream and Liquid and Lightning Network? Right. So BTC is pretending to be Bitcoin. So that's why they have a high market cap now, is that uh, they uh, the, the BTC version of Bitcoin doesn't, doesn't work the way... Bitcoin is supposed to, so it's actually much, it's much less valuable than the the correct version of Bitcoin, or I should say, it's a it's an idea that uh, won't uh, you has a lower lower expected future value, and the only reason its market value is big now is that the people who are are trading it haven't figured out that. It's never really going to work. So when I'm talking about Bitcoin, I'm just talking about BSV because that's the one uh, that's actually like Bitcoin. My question about Craig Wright is: so if if what you're saying is true, then is is does is, are all of his interviews and his lectures a, a persona? Is he just putting on something for people? And if so, where did he learn to do that, and wh- why? What 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 is his what is his incentive besides profit? And if it's just profit, why is he why does he go on these tours? Well, um, I, I think that there are there are two ways of looking at uh, profit in Bitcoin because you can think about um, there there are things that will earn you more Bitcoins and there are other things that will make the Bitcoins you have more valuable. And so uh, you have to optimize between, uh, between these two things. And uh, so, uh, uh, and the, the activities that, that earn profit, are all um, they're all things that that also make Bitcoin more valuable because uh, profit seeking is a- about finding new ways of cooperating because if you can figure out how to do something that somebody else isn't doing yet, then you can earn more and at the same time you make the Bitcoin economy better. Because there's a new service that uh, people can use in it, so um, when everybody, this is kind of creepy because me and JJ went down a rabbit hole like last week or the week before about Craig Wright could be doing all this just to pump the value of BTC because he probably holds so much of it, and this is all just kind of an act. That was a hypothetical, but it was something we joked around with. Well, yeah. I, you know, I just I don't know what his plan is uh because i don't really know him all that well have you met him uh yes i've i've had uh, a few very brief conversations with him um but 
so you you may have to get him on your show yourself to to ask mm-hmm. these things. Um, but uh, uh, I think that he is um, uh, um, he's he's deliberately creating confusion so as to um, distract people from his real plan. It seems like a lot of theory in there, um, at least for me to believe, just because because so much would have to be calculated and then performed, which I think is a difficult thing to do unless you're a great performer. And then that also would mean that Craig Wright, from the beginning, would have created Bitcoin just to get rich rather than to create a new peer-to-peer cash, which may be... Maybe well, he did, and maybe there's nothing wrong with that. But maybe there's why, but that's those. those well, yeah, I mean, that. maybe that's profit. If, profits, profit seeking is the, profit seeking. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. to, but still, well, if you figure out something as great as a new peer-to-peer cash, I think that uh, you're probably going to get rich right. off of that. <laughs> that's pro- that's probably a, that's a good reason to do it. I think because it makes so we compared him to donald trump because donald trump i don't think donald trump has a high iq and i just think he instinctually knows how to manipulate people and to make money off of that like and so craig wright throw in high iq craig wright and that could be like a a recipe for disaster of just trying to make money and not caring (laughs) who he hurts along the way well but but in bitcoin the, when you have Bitcoin, you're invested in the other investors. So the way to um, people people who know how to improve the value of Bitcoin must be able to think about what other people need. So people who are good at profit seeking in Bitcoin are really great people hmm. that is okay that's that's a that's that's hard that's an for interesting me. way of, yeah, of looking that, at it well i guess if they're really really intelligent and they know what they're doing exactly and they're good at performing then that could be true and maybe that was his <laughs> ulterior motive all along is to create a system where charlatans are actually helping the network yeah even though they think they're stealing, it does seem people. a little <laughs> an awkward theory. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I mean, I think that people who um, who who fail to to genu- genuinely create what other people want will uh, will lose money over time. So I think that uh, the people who manage to um, continue to make more money are the ones who can consistently understand other people. Well, I don't know if I want to get into theorizing about Craig Wright much more, but like I have to ask, why doesn't he just move some coins? I mean, um, no one knows, I because, guess. But... Well, because he, he doesn't want to be manipulated and there isn't there, there just because other people don't believe he's Satoshi. That's not a reason for him to prove that he's Satoshi. So but if, it's a reason for him to sue people. Uh, but, but those people are saying that he's a fraud and that's different from saying, I don't know whether he is Satoshi, which is the correct which that's the position you should take if you haven't seen I see. so, enough gotcha. evidence. So these so one is a character okay. and is, is, is a so they are uh, a statement about someone's character, which is which is defamatory, and the other is saying I simply don't have enough information to make right that decision, or from the yes. evidence I've I, seen, I personally don't yeah. believe he and, is, which isn't defamatory at all. And he is also, um, he, he, he wants to create a precedent that, uh, uh, in Bitcoin, I should say, that proof of holding keys is 
uh, not proof of rightfully owning bitcoins because the keys could have been stolen. So he wants uh, to uh, to he he doesn't want to do something that would uh, lead to to people incorrectly uh, concluding. Uh, that he has proven he is Satoshi. I get um, it. Yeah, in a way that's that's different from from what what he thinks is the um, the, the best way of uh, establishing yeah. uh, truth. Because that's because that's the never ending fight. Is somebody says show us your keys, he shows the keys, and then the, the next comment is, well, that's not proof because anybody could just steal the keys. So it's this constant fight of him trying to keep proving something that people will never believe anyway. So why waste your time trying to prove it? That or he's yeah, I was gonna say right. that. So he he wants. He he wants evidence to be evaluated in a court setting, not in a mob rule setting. That's fascinating. Which is uh, what what we what we would have if he uh, if he if he gave in to the yeah. the Twitter manipulators. Right. That's crazy. So um, he could he he could possibly prove then in a court of law. Yeah, that's something. That's something to think about. It really does put a you know that is. That is a perspective. So, for, in your opinion, it's, does Craig want to prove he is Satoshi? Uh, I, I guess I, I, that's a tough one. You you should ask him. But I, my my guess is that for a long time he didn't want to prove that he was Satoshi, but he has now concluded that um, that is really the only option to. Uh, or the, the the best option to uh, make Bitcoin functional again. So um, so I, mean, I think that he he does want to prove he's Satoshi. That would also kind of go go against <clears throat> filtering out the most intelli- filtering the most intelligent people into being investors. Because if he were if he were to prove that he was Satoshi, that would undo a lot of that, right? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I don't know what um, what what would happen in, under different uh, circumstances. Because if he did, if he did just sign keys, then maybe that that wouldn't do anything because people would just say. And he could have he could have honestly lost them. If he is Satoshi, he could have just absolutely lost them. I mean, we've all done something stupid <laughs> like that and back then when they were worth half a penny maybe yeah. he honestly didn't even care if he if he's satoshi maybe he's like oops recycled my computer it's in a landfill or, like or purposely lost them or purposely he, lost them yeah, yeah something like that i mean I that's there's just a lot of well i i hope he didn't do that that sounds like a pretty irresponsible uh <laughs> yeah inventor <laughs> i would i certainly would be um i would take it as a bad sign if the uh, inventor of bitcoin had uh lost most of his bitcoins to to me that sounds like a like not such a great invention if that happened <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't that just be like yeah, a great I mean, irony a, st- uh, ironic story about yeah. bitcoin itself i mean well what you're saying is that i mean if 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 what all of this is true then there's so much irony in there already i mean you have to believe like pl- they're playing an ironic game on people on p- people who are interested in cryptocurrency yeah Yeah. Okay. Well, just just a sec. Um, uh, irony, a literary technique by which the full significance of a character's words or actions are clear to the audience or reader, although unknow- unknown to the character. That's uh, literary irony. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So I think that we're going to have. And Satoshi uh, originally was just a literary character, <laughs> or, or I mean, there. Well, I mean, not to the audience, but I, I should say, I think there we will we will learn that there are uh, there's, um, there's there's people people will learn that there's more meaning to 
Craig's statements, then they um, they can well, understand. So if Craig uh, is, or, so let's say Craig never is able to prove. Technically, Satoshi is a literary character because it's, it's technically not a real person until somebody's able to prove that they're him or her. And all we have to go by is what they put on forums. Well, then, which could have, like which, could, which was a character that they yeah. created to uh-huh. remain anonymous. So all we have to go by is a is a fictional created character that we don't know if what the person typing the words for 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 Satoshi were real or were just words in a story that they were concocting as time was going on. Interesting. Fuck an A. Yeah. Why do you got to put that in my head? <laughs> <laughs> we're all gonna be God damn up it, dude. <laughs> now I'm going to be thinking about that. It just makes all the, night long. It makes the Bitcoin story so much more interesting and it makes me so much happier to be here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we should talk about my show now because we uh, we haven't even yes. got to that yet. Let, yeah, let's talk about your show. <laughs> I also wanted to, I mean, I just want to talk about being a creator because you take so much, I mean, it, sound, it seems like you take so much pride in your show. It's so well edited and I do you do all your own design and I guess uh, animations, are they animations? They are animations. Uh, you do everything yourself? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've gotten more, uh, I've gotten better techniques over time. Um, and I uh, often do uh, movie analyses and, or I mix stories together and, um, and I try to tell you about um, uh, an idea that I want to convey through the story. Um, well, through through my uh, my literary um, analysis of the story. Is this a, like um, did this start as just a hobby, or were you, did you actually have a message you were trying to get out, or both? Well, what I wanted was to connect to uh, other Bitcoiners who knew that the right, situation was fucked up, because from my perspective, everybody around me had been mind controlled by. Right. Small blocks, which to me was crazy. And I knew that there were people who uh, were not crazy out there. So my show was designed to connect with them. And it's designed to be something that is kind of um, outside the normal emotions of Bitcoin, which is a very, um, like very uh, frenetic, uh, of crazy ups and downs. So that's why I, that's, that's another reason for the, the hypnotic quality of the show. Cause that's kind of a, a contrast to the, uh, the, the craziness of, of Bitcoin. Um, okay. So you, you are obviously a narrative storyteller. You seem to really enjoy crafting these stories and taking a lot of time. And, You've been around almost since the beginning, or you claim to have, and you know a lot of people who were around pretty much since the beginning. Yeah. And you've been following the the chains as they've split and as they've taken different paths. Are you Satoshi? Can we just get that on the record right now? No, I'm not. (laughs) Okay, great. Just want to clear that up. Because that would be the ultimate... Like that, I don't know. I mean, not that you would tell me if you're. If I mean, you admit that you are using hypnosis, so it's like, what better way? You're constantly hypnotizing yeah. people into believing that you're not Satoshi, and then yeah, but just changing things as you go. But I, I use hypnosis in a literary way, where I uh, show you what's going on if if you're paying attention. So. So I would argue that my my use of hypnosis is uh, is not nefarious because the the way that I construct the episodes makes it uh, 
very very obvious yeah so you couldn't really no i'm just i'm i'm teasing you i, I don't think you're actually no, you, oh, okay. people into doing stuff <laughs> no no i will <laughs> sorry that yeah. it's it, you know when when we're on three different mics it's hard for my uh sarcasm no you're supposed to, to you know, be really hypnotized <laughs> when you when you watch the show if you haven't been hypnotized you should watch it again if you didn't mm. eat three foot long <laughs> sandwiches by the time the show was over then i didn't hypnotize you well no, enough you should you gotta watch just it watch it again and just allow uh allow the uh the the voice to um to lead lead you to to wherever wherever it takes you and if it doesn't work oh, watch yeah. it three or four more times don't mind the so, ads <laughs> i'm not getting paid for those yeah. <laughs> yeah i i think that uh i mean the only reason that i'm not not actually hypnotized when i'm watching your show is because i'm a filmmaker myself and i know the tools of filmmaking especially the ones that induce that sort of trance so uh, but that was why when you tweeted that you were looking for sound effects i sort of jumped at the opportunity i thought i would enjoy helping tell that story whatever it is that you're telling because i like it when stories are told in a non-linear more visceral way if visceral is the right word i guess maybe non-visceral way um and i think you do that quite well really fast can you plug your show just so people can jump over to it and give it a watch okay well my show is called bitcoin stuff and it it follows some some of my time in Bitcoin, and it's sort of like um, I'm trying to be a, a mirror of what I see in in Bitcoin, and I, I process the the information uh, and uh, try to try to show what what I'm seeing in the form of a uh, literary criticism. And so sometimes we'll use other stories. Uh, yeah. Subject matters to to tell that story. Yeah. Do, do you have a favorite episode? I'm still trying to get through, <laughs> not get through, uh, fully grasp everything you did on the Craig Wright one. Well, there's a few, oh okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I would I want to say half the time I feel like you're making fun of Craig Wright, and the other half of the time. I feel like my impression is that you're saying he's a genius that you're going to try to uh, use his patterns and use his techniques yourself. Well, I think, yeah, so he is, he's doing a game where he's, uh, he's been playing the fool sometimes. Yeah, he's Don so, Quixote, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do at least in part in that episode is reveal what he is up to if you haven't been paying enough attention. So, um, so yes, sometimes I, uh, make fun of him, but in, in reality, I think that, uh, uh, people need to learn from him and, uh, what, what he's trying to say is very important and he's uh, he's so far ahead that uh, you pretty much have to learn what he knows in order to uh, get get to the point of being able to uh, add value to Bitcoin on your own. At least that'll make you much better at it. That episode um, was that the one where you uh, where is that that's the one where you went into Enchain's business model? Was that the same one? Yeah. Okay, that one was really good because. Yeah. At first, I thought that when I first watched it, I, I, I laughed because I thought, wow, this is such a great satire. <laughs> and, um, and, and then I, I, then I think I watched it again, and then I realized that actually that is Enchain's business model, probably, most likely, although no one really knows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, that, that's, that's pretty, pretty interesting. Well, I'm glad you liked it so much. <laughs> yeah. But that that one is I, I mean, I actually so uh, originally Oh, sorry, I was just just going to say I didn't do um I didn't do a movie review on that one though. No. 
let's see, which movie review did I watch? Oh yeah, the one with uh, Space Odyssey and the Transformers. Yeah. Oh okay, yeah, that's my favorite episode. <laughs> um, well, I'm not. I, I don't want to explain that no, one. No, no, you should no, just that one you should uh, watch. You should just go watch that one. Don't don't uh, just start watching it and don't have any. Um, any preconceptions. And then one where you actually, so the, uh, the one where you started using your animated character, and I, I don't actually remember the entire episode, but I think you were, you were talking very um, sincerely about everybody in Bitcoin being crazy. Um, uh, or, or that's what I remember from it. I think it was a recent one, actually. It was like maybe, maybe just a few months ago. Yeah, um... I've done I've done two two with my cartoon character, but the latest one is only available on streamanity.com. So and I'm I'm also only gonna do future videos on Streamanity. What is Streamanity? A good question. That is a video streaming platform for BSV. So you can't watch videos unless you have BSV and it is um, the. It's not ad based. You just pay microtransactions as you go through watching the video. So um, uh, my episodes are uh, between uh, five and fifty cents. Um, and uh, so, can I ask you about this? This. Uh, so, is this to incentivize people who want to watch your content to to actually use BSV? Um, is that what it is? Well, uh, now now that the well, so f- first of all, uh, it's a it's a better business model for people to pay microtransactions to watch videos than for them to watch ads to watch videos because and so for anybody who doesn't who wants to know a little bit more sorry i'm on stream editor right now and it says uh i'm it has a, a latest thing of videos and one of them is bitcoin stuff and it says to watch it it's an hour and one minute it's five cents yeah so it's giving you a price so you know ahead of time when you click on it to watch that's how much you're going to pay to watch that mm-hmm. and somebody right next to you blockchain dance for 14 minutes is charging a dollar 75 yeah. to watch the video so everything is laid out pretty clearly yeah so um so first of all but you so, w- wait wait let me get back to what i was talking about because first right, of all right. streamanity is a better business model than youtube because um if you are watching a video on streamanity you are the customer whereas if you're watching a video on youtube you are the product and the advertiser course, is the yeah. customer. Mm-hmm. And uh, people need to understand that. <laughs> the the, uh, the streamanity model inherently means that, um, excuse me, that uh, individual tastes will be, um, uh, will be satisfied. And there's a premium on, on finding what what everybody wants to talk about whereas on on youtube because the advertisers need to be uh they, people can't get pissed off right the advertisers need to stay happy and so there's an incentive for things to be less controversial and to yeah of course and that's one of the main criticisms of youtube is that a lot of their content is skewing towards more mainstream so and then also censoring the controversial stuff because your advertisers don't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. So that that does make sense to me. It does seem like a difficult beast to tame at this point considering that most of the internet runs off advertisements. But well, I mean uh, everything it's a nice thought. everything in in BSV is an intelligence test. So people <laughs> people who are thinking well, I, I think that thinking people will think that the other thinking people will all want to go to Streamanity first. So when they get there, there's going to be uh, all of the intelligent people who left YouTube, they're going to be on Streamanity because um, it's a, a platform where you can uh, talk about all kinds of different things more easily. 
Hmm. And um, that's that's how Bitcoin adoption works. Because remember, I, I uh, told you about that earlier. So YouTube is going to get dumber and dumber. There's going to be a brain drain out of YouTube. And it'll, it'll turn into uh, idiocracy as uh, the IQ differentially leaves for streamanity. So as the, the highest IQ people get to streamanity first, they're going to create content that's going to draw in the next IQ level. See, so... Do you watch other videos on streamanity? Uh, I haven't watched too much uh, on it yet. Mm. So that is not from uh, firsthand experience that I'm saying that it's more intelligent. That's, that's my I'm analysis curious. of the business model. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm doing, doing my part <laughs> to make it more intelligent. I'm going to um, have to check it out. <laughs> so, um, so wait, there was a second part to your, your question. Um, uh, I, I don't remember what your question was earlier, but there was a little more that I didn't quite answer. Uh, my question regarding oh so to incentivize people to use BSV. No, you answered oh, that. Yes. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. There's more to it because yes, uh, I I would not want to now now that the BSV economy is functioning well, I would not want to create something that was available not for BSV. Because what I would want to do is give people reasons to want to join the BSV economy. So uh, future videos will require you to have at least a little BSV in order to watch them. I feel like one of the the things that we are noticing with with Bitcoin core and bitcoin cash is this there's this constant media battle to see who can market their their the who can market better and bitcoin doesn't really do a very good job of it but bitcoin cash is known for spending a lot of money to advertise mm -hmm. and with with bsv it seems like there is really no regard for the fact that even all of these exchanges delist bsv it's like uh, okay, who cares? We don't really want that kind of exposure anyway. Is that sound about right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, let me talk about that a little bit. Okay. Um, now, advertisements are for consumer goods. So, like, if you get uh, a an appliance or some food or something, the, the the advertisement is there to tell you that the product is is good and when when you get it you can uh, you can verify that it's good once you start to consume it and that's kind of the the nature of a consumer good is that the you you can evaluate it uh objectively and uh whereas a um a uh, a um an investment like a stock or a currency or land or something like that. These are all goods whose benefits accrue uh, over the future. So they can't be objectively assessed. They have to be individually assessed uh, by people who are... Um, foreseeing into the future and imagining what what they're really going to be like in the future and there's always um there's always a difference of opinion when uh um investments are are bought and sold because the person selling it thinks that it's no good and the person buying it thinks that it's good uh whereas with with the consumer good um the, the whole idea is that the person selling it is supposed to have superior knowledge about the product and um, and is is creating it for for the consumer and can prove that it's good right whereas if you're you're trading trading goods whose benefits only accrue over the future then when you're buying 
that automatically means that you think you know more than the other person. Or I should say both parties think they know more than the other, just that one of them mm. thinks that it's going to go down and the other one thinks it's going to go up. Yeah. So um, an, an advertisement for a, a crypto coin to me is a sign that um, the people involved in it don't understand what it is and what real value is because they're actually uh, going after people who are not going to be independent thinkers and who are not going to be assessing value. They're, they're, they're going after people who are going to treat the coin like, like it's a consumer good. So as if when, when they get it, it it's going to be something that's, uh, that's, automatically good that they don't have to assess on their own it's an interesting theory um, yeah and, and uh conversely the the best um genuine advertisement for a crypto coin is to uh fail to attract attention or to s say something that um that may detract people because that uh, what you what you really want is people to get in who are thinking long term and who are doing their own individual thinking about the coin. So if you if create a a barrier of entry that's an intelligence test to keep uh, the dumbest people out, then that's actually attractive to the the farthest thinking people. Mm. Um, so to, to me that, that is, that's the, um, that's the, uh, the, well, well, it's, it's demonstrated opportunity cost. So if, if I am saying something that is kind of, um, putting, putting people off, um, and I also have something that's actually really good better than what other people have. Um, what I'll be able to do is consistently, consistently put people off because I also have what they need. So, uh, and, and because I can do that, uh, I can, I can start a contest between everyone to see who is the most off-putting and isn't over time isn't that just excuse me sorry go ahead over time uh the the people who who have the the highest costly signal uh that that will tend to match the value of what they're really hiding isn't that just essentially negging yes and isn't that usually what people do when they aren't confident in what they have to offer? Well, I think that there are uh, are many different many different things that can be communicated, and there there are different there are different costs to different kinds of signals that say what what the signal means. So uh, to to me. Negging is a, a costly signal of hierarchy. So if you are higher in the hierarchy, then you can consistently, uh, you can consistently uh, treat people below you like they're beneath you in the hierarchy. And uh, I think that uh, hierarchy is an important human skill so a a costly signal of hierarchy is uh, a a a a a reasonable thing that you would expect to find in the human mating dance. Yeah, but usually negging is something is what somebody who is vastly inferior to the higher up on the food chain people have to do to try to manipulate people into believing that they're somehow better. 
So like Obama doesn't need to neg people because he has a really high IQ. He was, you know, editor of the law review at Harvard. He's got this really strong background showing his intelligence. And then you have somebody like Donald Trump who constantly makes fun of people and is afraid to show his test scores and afraid to go to war and, and is really kind of a less than human being and convinces people to like him by constantly putting everybody else down. Yeah, well, so I, I, don't I think understand that, how that um, that's a good business model in the long run, because eventually those people get shown for what they are because the product eventually falls apart. It may hold up for five, ten years, but eventually their inferiority becomes apparent. Like what I think eventually will happen with Bitcoin or with, with BTC, because I think I agree with you on a lot of their faults and I think they're propping it up to the world. They're on MSNBC, they're on this, they're on that. They're showing the world that they're this great thing. And I think eventually it's going to fall apart because their inferiorities, they're not going to be able to hide their inferiority anymore. Um, okay, well, so for, first of all, I think that there's a, a big difference in what kinds of costly signals different people are attuned to. But uh, I, I would still say that um, that uh, costly signaling is the the only way of communicating reliable information between adversarial parties, um, because the cost inherently limits the signal. But there's a there's a difference in what different people are attuned to to look for. And that that has to do with what the what the signal means, and um, so Obama wears a suit, and I would say that that is a, a costly signal because um, people who aren't wealthy enough can't have a suit, so it, it doesn't a suit doesn't really. Um, uh, so a suit is a, a way of um, of limiting limiting people, uh, but that's that's just an a, an example. Um, gotcha. Okay. But uh, I don't. So it's a subtle. So it's like like a, like a microaggression versus a macroaggression. Yeah, and there's a there's a difference, and so in in the uh, the antlers game, which is antlers are a form of demonstrated opportunity cost. It's all the the key is balance. So it's about finding. So like if you have too much signal, then there isn't enough left over to have a a sustainable process behind it. So uh, like a a business or like like the buck's body. If if we're talking about antlers, right? So too much signal means not enough body. And too little signal means not enough attention. So winning this game is always about figuring out the correct balance. So, um, so I don't. I, I think that uh, you you if uh, it, 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 it it isn't it isn't that having the the biggest signal always means that uh that you're the the winner because you could have the biggest signal just because you you made too much relative to what you actually have i think also that we're used to seeing big signals as winners just because of what we're conditioned to see in our world today i don't think that's necessarily been true throughout history throughout natural history or human history well, but. costly signaling is—it's um, a very common game in biology, so it's found everywhere. Uh, this is a very—it's um, it, it, a—it's it's seen. It's seen in all kinds of different contexts. And uh, I'm just talking about like in in our lifetime, if we grew up in the era of TV and radio and film and the internet, we're used to seeing signaling as being. Uh, be uh, we're used to seeing an imbalance in the favor of signaling, I think. But anyway, we are getting a little off topic. It's really fun. We're gonna have to end this show at some point. 
So maybe we want to wrap it up with one more question. Or well, well, I mean, is there anything that you feel like you wanted to 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 plug or talk about more that you didn't that we kind of pulled you off track on? Because I, I know you wanted to, I know you felt you didn't have enough time to talk about your show, so I want to give you enough time. Because we can easily split this up into two episodes. Yeah, we sure can. But if, if you want, if, the, if there's something that you missed that you really feel you want your audience or our audience to get from your show, uh, I want to make sure that. No, I think uh, I think uh, did a. No, I think your audience knows enough about the show, so now they should just <laughs> go and uh, start watching it. It's better if you yeah. start Four or five times and eat three foot long. Yeah, or 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 you just don't <laughs> don't start start watching it at all, and you just be one of the dumb people who yeah. never watch. <laughs> you, yeah, you, exactly. It's better if you watch my episodes with no preconceptions, because they're they're all kind of uh, uh, little adventures. Uh, okay. All right. Well, thanks, Daniel, so much for being on the show, and I hope to have you again sometime. And and really fast, really fast. Give us a uh, tell us where people can find you. Yes. Give us your twitters and your. Uh, oh, sure. Socials. Yeah. On on Twitter, I am Daniel Kraywitz. Uh, K-R-A-W-I-S-Z and you can also it should, that's my um, uh, YouTube name as well and uh, you can find my videos on Streamanity. Well you, well, you can find one video that's n- nowhere else on Streamanity. That one is mm-hmm. Look Up at the Sky and you should definitely watch that one. <laughs> All right. It only costs 25 cents. You gotta get yeah. some BSV in order to watch so it, a, right? It's a very... Mm. Uh, doable price. And then you to watch you also you, all, video. you also publish articles that are available for purchase with BSV as well, right? Yeah. If you watch, well, so far I've just been publishing some I uh, through through Twitter. So yeah, there I've got some links to articles. There's also my old articles from from way back that you can find on the uh, Nakamoto Studies org page. And uh, then there's also the Nakamoto Institute, and uh, uh, some of them are still there. And um, uh, uh, but yeah, I think um, my show is going to be the most interesting thing for for most people. So just go and uh, try uh, try some of those. All right. Cool. Again, Daniel Kraywitz, thank you so much for being on the show, and I guess we're going to end it here. Thanks a lot for inviting me. 